there are two kinds of people in this world. There are those type A technology people, and those are, those are like Taylor, and your desktop is perfectly organized, everything has a place, you don't have any extra programs open on your computer, right? What about those little red dots, the notifications on your phone? Anybody type A that you cannot stand those? Is he the only? Okay, you type A. And I mean, everything up there is just neat, it's orderly, everything has a place. Literally, Taylor will get an email, he'll read it, he'll either delete it or he'll file it away. It's insane to me. So then there's the, the, the second group of people, and that's the group I must confess I'm in. You're kind of more the type B, who's kind of more a type B technology person. So your desktop might be a little disorganized, but I mean, you kind of know where things are, right? Um, you may have a thousand plus unread emails. If you're like me, you probably have more than 5,000 unread emails. But that's what the search bar is for. If you need an email on a J. Crew factory store, look for my J. Crew, you just search it, bada bing, bada boom, it works. It's a system. And, you know, programs open. I have a few because I want to bounce back between projects. And so, I love my system. I kind of wish I was more organized, but there's a flaw in that system. And, Taylor will come on my computer or he'll get on my phone and he's like, why does nothing of yours ever work? Anybody ever feel that way? I mean, all the time, things are crashing. I can't, um, my, it's like my iCloud isn't downloading more photos. To my, I mean, it's just kind of annoying. Or I can't download the new program or new software because for whatever reason it doesn't work. So there is a flaw to the system. It's true, but I mean, you know, so, it's, it's kind of annoying, but, but it works. So, this last week we were in Brace and on vacation. We're at the RV park, and I'm sitting in a room prepping for my sermon this week, and I get on the internet, put in the Wi-Fi password, and what happens? I get this message, and I, I have a picture of it, because it's like, what in the world? So, Travis, can you show us this? Okay, it says, your clock is ahead. Have you ever got this message before? This is on my internet. And it's saying that the connection can't be established because my computer's date and time is incorrect. But what's crazy is you look up at my clock and it said 6.06. And I open up my settings and I'm like, what in the world? We're in Branson, Missouri. Same time zone, central time zone. I didn't change anything. I go to my clock and my clock is set to automatic. So it's like there's no logical reason for this not to work. Did this happen to Taylor's electronics, Mr. Type A, everything was organized? No, didn't happen to his internet, but mine, it did. And I had to laugh because what did I have to redo? What did I have to do? I had to restart, reset my computer. And I'm like, that's ironic. I'm talking about the importance of resetting. I restart my computer and what happens? Oh, the internet works. And it's shocking what happens when we do a reset. Things just work. Because last week, Taylor switched gears and he talked about the importance of rest. How many of you here were like, I'm tired, I'm worn out, I'm burnt out, I need some rest? Most respond to It is. He had so many people respond and say, hey, that just got me right where I'm at, and the importance of rest. And that kind of got me thinking on the way to Branson Taylor's like, guess what? You're preaching, I'm resting this week. I'm like, okay, I can do this. So I was praying on the way. Two brands in, and literally in the middle, I've tailored a podcast, and I'm like, can you pause that? I'm like, what if I talk about resetting this next week? Reset, and it kind of goes with rest, and it was like, 
let's do it. And um, the more I prayed about it, the more I was like, this, this is that word in due season. Because of course, there's rest. It's important to take time to rest when you're exhausted and burnt out. But there's another aspect to rest that's equally important, and it's resetting. Because if you do not take the opportunity to reset some patterns in your life, you'll get right back in that same road again. You'll get burnt out, you'll just create those same patterns. You know, it's just like spinning your wheels. Matthew was mowing last week and he got in a rut and he's just, his wheels were spinning. And it's like, you gotta get out of the rut. And that's what we're talking about today because we all need to press the reset button sometimes. You gotta take a moment, say, all right, what can I do differently so I can have different results? The spiritual discipline of resetting will help you slow down Take your focus off of your circumstances and place them where they need to be. Okay, I thought this was kind of interesting. Anybody like definitions? I'm kind of a nerd like that. She's a teacher, she understands. I think it's kind of interesting when you look up something and you get the actual definition. So bear with me. This is the definition of reset from a computing standpoint, like computers, technology. But if you think about it in terms of your life, it's almost comical because it's like, huh, that makes sense. So, it says a reset clears any pending errors. Ever have any pending errors in your life? Or events and brings the system to normal condition or an initial state, usually in a controlled manner. It's usually done in response to an error condition when it's impossible or undesirable for a processing activity to proceed and all error recovery mechanisms fail. If you're happy, you feel like I can't. Keep going on. I can't. Like, or it's undesirable to you. I just don't want to. But that is exactly when you need a reset. My, that doesn't parallel my life sometimes. I don't know what does. Can you relate? Have you ever felt that way? Maybe you feel that way right now. So I don't know about you, but that is something that's happened many times in my life. And that's exactly when I need a reset. So here we go. Today we're going to talk about some areas of our lives that need a reset because it's, I mean, it's something that we all, we all need. I think that if you really were to think about your life and take a stock of where you're at and be like, you know what, I think there's some area in my life that's not really functioning as it needs to, but I'm like, I'm kind of struggling in this area. And we're going to talk about those today because we don't want to resume our life as usual. We want to reset it. So this is kind of crazy. Okay, today is the first weekend of July. Do you know what that is? That means it's the first weekend of the second half of the year. It's kind of like a fresh start. So you can think of, there's the whole January through June, right? Did anybody have some resolutions and maybe they failed or faltered? Maybe by you know, January or February, or you're not still going with them. Well, this can be your fresh start. Let's make this second half of the year the best half of the year because God is in the business of fresh starts. I don't know if you got that. God is in the business of fresh starts. Isn't that encouraging? That's in your notes because I want you to remember that His grace is sufficient for you, and you are not too far gone, no matter what area, whatever level you may be at, to experience life change. Look at your notes. It says Isaiah 43, 19. We're going to try something. Can you 
He's going to put it up on the screen. It's in your notes. Can you read that with me? We're going to try one verse reading together. Let's go for it. So Isaiah 43, 19 says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So even if all else fails in your life, if everything looks bleak, if you are in the depths of despair, or if you're on your way there, you can experience a life change. God wants to do a new thing in your life. Um, last night, I was on my way to Panera to get Taylor some food for this morning, and um, to put it in the fridge and warm it up in the morning. It's just a thing we do. So I'm on my way, and I'm praying about the message today, and all of a sudden, I just started crying, and I was thinking about the importance of getting a fresh start and, and what a new thing is. And um, it, God totally brought to my mind, I wasn't even thinking about it, the story of Rahab in the Bible. Anybody heard of Rahab? She was a harlot, so not someone that you really, um, not a respected person of the community who lived in the town of Jericho. It was a walled city. And the Israelites were coming through the wilderness and they come to the city of Jericho. And Joshua, the leader of the Israelite army, sends two spies to Jericho. And they go to the city and they end up at Rahab's house. And Rahab, she's not someone who's feared God, but she takes an opportunity to kind of do a little switch up. And she understands how powerful God is and she wants in on it. And when these, um, almost like messengers from the king of Jericho came to uh, capture these two spies because they heard they were in the city. What does Rahab do? She hides them in on the roof of her house and she puts, throws them on a different scent. Like, hey, they're over there. Go and find them. And she protects these two um, Israelite spies. So the story goes on and Rahab, she says, I know that your God is all powerful and I want to be saved as well. I know you're about to destroy the city. So they get this spy saying, you'll put a scarlet cord, remember that, outside your window. She lived in the wall, in the wall of the city. They said, you and your family will be saved. So she does. She doesn't say a word to anyone. The city falls. Everyone is destroyed except Rahab and her family. And this is what's so amazing. And it's like, this was just mind-blowing to me, is that she goes with the Israelites. It's like she has a complete reset, a complete turnaround from being a pagan and goes with the Israelites and begins serving God. And what's crazy is she marries, she turns back on her old life as a harlot, as a prostitute, and she gets married. And you know who her kid was? Boaz, the kinsman redeemer in the story of Ruth and Naomi. And that's the one that rescues Ruth and puts a house over her head and marries her, and it's like the representation of Jesus. But what's even cooler is Rahab is in the bloodline of Jesus. You wanna talk about a fresh start. There's nothing that you have done, nothing that you're doing now currently that God can't take if you're willing to change. Because Rahab was willing to have a complete reset, say, no, 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 I've lived this way, and I'm turning, and I'm going this way. So that to me is just, Amazing. So personally, make it a personal. There's a lot of areas that you could need a reset. Here's some examples. Maybe think about this. All right, take stock. Your marriage or family, relationships, work, financial, thought life, health and wellness. It could be spiritual. It could be time management. 
your attitude or emotions, education, morals, hobbies and interests, organization, and the list goes on. Can you think of one of those that, okay, I can at least need to reset in one of those areas. I know we have a few of those. Because if we're all honest, there's probably at some point in our, at, at any given point in our life, we need to reset in that area. In Psalm 139, 23 to 24, it says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The psalmist David knew the importance of taking an inward look. That's what we're doing today. We're going to take stock of where we're at. There's no need to try to put up a front and be like, no, 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 I'm good. No, 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 we all need to reset, right? Let's, let's take a, a look and say, what can I do to improve? And God will meet us there because he is in the business of what? Fresh starts. Mine's in the business of fresh starts. All right, so most of your life is the direct result of the choices that you make. Sometimes great things happen, but a lot of what we experience is because of the choices we make. So one of my favorite scriptures is found in the book of Galatians. It's in your notes. And I quote this often because sometimes, how many of you know you have to encourage yourself? And I have to encourage myself and I say, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Well, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap what? Destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap what? Eternal life. This is what, can we all read this together? It says, let us, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Because it's easy to give up when you don't see progress, right? If you feel like you're kind of like that spinning your wheels, like, man, this will never get better. But it says, do not become weary. At the right time, the proper time, you'll get a harvest on that. The farmer doesn't plant the seed and it springs up right away. We have, like, so many of our gardens have gone to funk because we're like, oh, it's not growing fast enough. Let's just start over. Like, just trash the garden. No, no, no. Don't give up. All right, so it's so important what habits you make because it says, I mean, he reaps what he sows. So your habits will produce something in your life. I love what Pastor Rick Warren says. It's in your notes. He said, changing always starts with choosing. Changing always starts with choosing. It's a choice, pure and simple. You want to change? You got to choose to change. If you don't like the direction your life is going, change directions. You can do that. Think about Rahab. You can completely change, or you can just tweak. If you need that, just need a little tune-up. You can change. So how can we do that? In your notes, it says how to reset any area of your life. We're going practical today. Anybody like practical? I need practical personally, so let's talk about this. Number one, in your notes, it says how to reset an area of your life. Get your priorities straight. Keep the main things the main things. Get your priorities straight because your spiritual life is the foundation that all else is built upon. There's a story in Matthew about the two builders, right? You have the wise builder, the foolish builder. The foolish guy, he built his house on sand when the storms came, washed away. The wise builder built his house on the rock when the storms came, it withstood the test of time. It withstood the storms. 
And that is what our life should be like. You build your life on a solid foundation that is God. When storms come, when hardships come, like Terrence was talking about, you can stand because Jesus is at the center, right? That should be your number one priority. It doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what you're doing, where you're at in life. Our number one priority should be God. In your notes, it says in Matthew 6, 33, you've probably memorized this verse. It's an important one, but it's a good reminder. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So think about your priorities. Do I put God first? Do I take time to read my Bible? Am I thinking of him when I wake up? Am I thinking of him throughout the day? Because where you spend your time, it's in your notes, your thoughts, your energy, your talent, and your money determines your priorities. So it's God at the top of that list. But then the kind of fun part is we're all a little different. We're all in different life situations. If you're married, your spouse should hopefully be your number two, right? And if you have kids, they should come next. And then beyond that, it's kind of fun because you're going to be creative. You're going to say, hey, what are my priorities? What do I want to make important in my life? And you have the opportunity. But also, you can pray and ask God, hey, what, what, what do I need to make a priority in my life? You know the plan. You know what purpose you have for me. What do I need to do? Because God's the God of fun. He wants you to enjoy life. That's not the number one goal. But he, you can have fun, too. That could be a priority, whatever it may be. Um, but the interesting thing about priorities is that that helps you. It helps lead you and guide your decisions. So if someone keep, if people are asking you, hey, will you do this? If it's not in your top priorities list and you're tired, you can say no. Taylor talked about that last week. You have the opportunity to say no. If this is something in your list, yes, I can say yes. Because you can change your priorities. Did you know that? You can change what your priorities are. Think about these Hallmark movies, okay? Like every plot is this big city, big with their advertising exec, and they go to a small town and they meet this cute girl and they change their priorities. And it's like, oh, it's all for love. I can lay down this priority of living in a big city. You can do that too, right? Because so many of our priorities are truly fueled by love. What you love, what you put a high importance on. So think about your priorities, and that will determine what needs to get reset, what needs to be readjusted or realigned. But you have to know what's most important. Okay, number two, you ready for this one? Make a plan. If you fail a plan, plans have failed. Make a plan. So it's time to create some new habits. Proverbs 16, 13 in your notes says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Plans are so important. With this, it's not, it says to commit. So that means it's not a one-time thing. If you have a commitment to your spouse, it's kind of a lifelong thing, right? So if you commit to the Lord, this is a commitment thing. So is a reset. We're committing to stay on, to keep on, to keep on, to keep on. Pastor Craig Rochelle in your notes says, the habits you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. Do you like the direction your habits are taking you? So how does that look from a practical perspective? Start, these are some guides. These are simple steps on the back. These are not in a certain order. These are just like, hey, okay, 
if I want to plan, maybe I'm not a planner, I don't know how to plan. How do I plan what my priorities or plan my life or plan to create new habits, which is really what we're talking about. Start with goals that are attainable. Don't overwhelm yourself. If you want to make a change in a certain area, say your spiritual life is where you need to be. Don't say that I have to read my Bible 30 minutes every day and I have to pray an hour every day. Start with goals that are attainable. Can I read 15 minutes a day a few days a week? Yeah, I can do that. What about if I want to um, improve my relationship with my spouse? All right, so every day I'm just going to spend some intentional time with them. Start small and then build on that. In James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, this is a super important book about habits, he said small habits make a big difference. You might think, oh, it's just a small thing. No, it makes a big difference, a big impact. So your goal is to create a system that works for you. What's the next one? It says choose what you need to stop, what you need to start. Okay, so think about the area that you're like, I need some help in this area. What, what do you need to stop? And what do you need to start? Maybe mine's my health. And I know I need to stop drinking two Dr. Peppers a day. It's not good. But what do I need to start? I need to start doing Pilates again. So that is, those are small goals, something to start, something to stop. Okay, super simple, straightforward, you can do it. Oftentimes people overwhelm themselves and it's like, oh, I'll just never do it, so I don't do anything. Anybody like that? That's my personality. I get overwhelmed. I'm like, oh, whatever. I can't do anything. Start small. Stop. Start something. Okay, next one. Uh, begin with a reasonable habit. All right, so if you want to get maybe better at running, don't start with this huge lofty goal. It's kind of like that small thing of saying, all right, something reasonable. What can I do? Oh, I can run for like, or I can walk maybe for 10 minutes a day. And that, then I can do something a little more the next day. Then I can kind of keep growing this, and it kind of builds your confidence. Think you could do that? Something reasonable? Because reaching milestones quickly will motivate you to continue that habit. If you don't reach those milestones, you might become discouraged and like, yeah, I just, I'll never, I'll never really do it. Okay, next. I like this one. It says, think about what you're trying to achieve and why. The reason why. Why do I want to improve in this area? Why, why am I making this a priority in my life? Like maybe I want to work on my attitude. Why? Because my kids are starting to get attitudes. Or it can be, well, it can be anything. The why is what will help you when those potential roadblocks or stoppers come and things get hard and difficult. If you know why you're doing something, they'll take you so much further. Right, Ty? That's right. That's what we even tell our kids. When we tell them, my parents always said, tell them the moral reason why. So if it's like, hey, don't jump on your bed, well, in their minds, kind of, well, why? Well, Abigail's jumping on her bed and she broke her leg. I mean, so it's like, you, you don't jump on your bed, maybe it kind of helps, but oh, this is why it makes sense. I shouldn't jump on my bed because I might get hurt, or I shouldn't jump on my bed because it ruins the bed. So build those things in even to your kids as well. The reason why, which kind of leads us to our next one. It says, familiarize yourself with your own blockers. That's like those roadblocks that come. 
Like, hey, I um, am trying to give up drinking two Dr. Peppers, but I know that my roadblock is if I start getting stressed, Taylor knows, I'm like, guess what? I'm going to put up the second one. And so if I know ahead of time and you can pre-plan and pre-decide, hey, when I get stressed, I'm not going to open up a Dr. Pepper. I'm going to get a LaCroix. And if you think ahead of time what might be blocking you and what blocks you in the past, that'll help you. Okay, is this making sense? All right. Next one, it says keep yourself accountable. Find someone that you can talk to and say, hey, I'm trying to work in this area. I'm trying to work on my marriage. You're a trusted friend. Can you encourage me? Send me a text every few days like, hey, how are you doing? Or I'm trying to read my Bible. Because the more research does show that if you, um, let's see, I want to say it the right way, that if you do share your, your goals with someone else, your odds of success increase dramatically. Because when you make your intentions known to someone whose opinion you value. So it's like, hey, if, I, if I'm telling Taylor I value his opinion, hey, encourage me. It just helps. It helps with the process. Find someone to keep you accountable. And last one, make a schedule. If you're a calendar person, a paper calendar person, write it on your calendar. This is what habit, this is what I'm trying to improve in. I'm gonna put it at 8.15 when I get up and I'm gonna do it. He literally like, will schedule his Bible time and put it on his calendar, Taylor will, on iCal. Or if I'm trying to do something, I will put it in because when you put things on your calendar, it makes it a priority and it becomes a plan. See how I did that? Good plan. Okay. Number three, adopt a whatever it takes mentality. Don't give up. Stick to it. Whatever it takes. We've been in this series, Renew My Mind. It is so vital to keep your mind renewed. What, what is your mentality? Because everything starts and stops in your mind. That is your biggest roadblock. Truly is your mind. Predetermine that you'll succeed. You want to get better with organization, all right? So whatever it takes, it doesn't matter. Every day, I'm going to choose one drawer. I'm going to say, whatever it takes, it doesn't matter what's going on, I'm going to choose that drawer. Maybe it's at 10 o'clock at night when the kids are in bed, but I'm going to do whatever it takes. And you have to keep your mind renewed. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's with me. This is no big deal. I can do it. Decide ahead of time that you won't give up. Philippians, in your notes, Philippians 3.14 says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. What is your goal? Number one, our goal is for Jesus, right? It's um, our relationship with him. Everything kind of flows and ebbs from that. But it's like, what are your goals? Pressing on is where it's at. And it starts in your mind. And it doesn't matter what roadblocks come, I can press on. I love Nike's slogan, just do it. It's like if we adopted that in our lives, doesn't matter what's going on, I'm just going to do it. Maybe I don't know how to start. Hey, just do it. Just start doing something. Something small, something easy. Build your confidence along the way. It won't get better unless you don't just do it. The key is to not get overwhelmed one step at a time. I remember I used, to, I used to work at Hobby Lobby, and our manager for the store would say every day closing, um, we'd have all these tasks we had to um, accomplish. The store would close at 8. Sometimes we'd be at the store until midnight 
getting things done because our store, our manager didn't believe in waiting for things for the morning. We get it all done that night. And he would say, how do you eat an elephant? How do you eat an elephant? So gross. But he says, one bite at a time. Okay? And it's like, that is so weird, so twisted, but don't get overwhelmed. Take it one step at a time. Like, no, you obviously can't eat a whole elephant. Don't try that at home. But um, take it one step at a time because that is, that's where it's at. All right, you ready? Uh, next one is, let me make sure I got that. I'm going to add this. There's a scripture in Proverbs 4. It says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. You know, because a surefire way to blunder in life is to look at what other people are doing and what else is going on and get distracted. But God says, stay in the path. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Focus on the goal. Whatever it is, maybe whatever habit you're trying to change, whatever pathway you're trying to get on is say, keep the goal. Keep the main thing, the main thing. But just do it. Stick to it. Whatever it takes. All right, so far we said, number one, get your, what was it? Priority straight. Okay, number two was make a plan. Number three was adopt a whatever it takes mentality. Brings us to number four. We're almost done here. Give yourself some grace. Give yourself some grace. Then get back on the horse. It's kind of a fun one. Because guess what? You'll mess up. We all mess up. It's a part of life. We are not perfect 100% of the time. We're not perfectionists. I would totally love to be perfect all the time. We will mess up and we'll falter. And we have to maintain this idea that we need to give ourselves some grace. Because how I many of you know that when you have kids and they're going down the street so fast on their bike, and Matthew the other day, totally like, just wiped out on his bike, and Taylor's like, get up, get up, Matthew, you're good. Don't cry. Like, hey, get back out there. Look how good you're doing. Way to go. Way to go. And that's what God does for us. He's like, hey, get back up on there. Don't be discouraged. Don't be down. Get back on the bike. You can do it, and you need to give yourself some grace to say, okay, I messed up, but I can get back on that horse, back in the saddle again. James 1, 5 says, if it's in your notes, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask who? God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you if you mess up how to supply. Ask God for wisdom. How can I do better next time? How can I improve? What? What can I think of or predetermine ahead of time to make sure that doesn't happen again? And then you get back on the horse. Don't beat yourself up. Keep failing forward. That sounds crazy. Why would you say keep failing, okay? That's, I'm not saying if you're going to fail. But I'm saying if you fail, if you mess up, continue to move forward. I used to be a teacher, a lot of you know, and before I became a homeschool mom, what you might not know is that my degree is not in education. I'm a theology major, pastoral Christian ministries major. And um, when I was 20, I became a children's pastor. And I thought I knew everything I do about kids, you know, there is to know because I'm a kid's pastor and that's just how it goes. But I discovered I didn't, and I wanted to learn more um, from teachers. I wanted to learn more what kids go through in their school day. And so I got a job at a public school in Stillwater and became a kindergarten TA. And it was so 
fun. I loved it. It was just such a fun job. He would give me the fun one and just kind of be there to help and assist. And it was really fun. And I was good at it. I gotta admit, like, not so humble Yeah, not as good at it. I'm so good at it. No, but, but the principal was like, hey, you need to be a teacher and you need to get certified. I'm like, I didn't even know that was a possibility. My degree is not in education. He's like, there is. And told me the steps. So I went through the process, took the what classes I needed, I took all the tests, and I became a teacher. So fast forward quite a few years, I had two kids and didn't teach for a while, and Abigail is in about to enter pre-K, and I'm like, she's not going to school without me. So guess what, I'm teaching, and totally stumbled upon this teaching job in Newcastle. And it, you say totally stumbled on, but it was God, and it was definitely, him and just the best district and I love my job and I got a first grade teaching job there. And fun fact, it's actually where we met Adrian Curran. She was Abigail's kindergarten teacher and Abigail invited her to church. So you never know when God's placing you. He's got a plan. It's just fun to see how it works, right? So my first year, um, I'd love to say that I was the most amazing teacher. When I wasn't, like, you don't want your kids in a first year teacher's classroom. You know, it's just like, Oh, lots of grace. So I thought I'd be this amazing teacher. Like I've led kids at church for however long. Like I'm certified. I have kids. Oh, I was not prepared. And I failed a lot. And it was like total crash course in teaching because I didn't go to school for that. I didn't grow up in public schools. The things they were talking about, I'm like, wow, mind blown. Like I don't even know what that is in the first grade. So I totally had to learn. How to be in the world, you know, and really how to be a teacher. And what's interesting about this is I would have my teacher evaluations. You have to do that in public schools. And they were always not that amazing. And I'm like a perfectionist. I'm like, they should be amazing. I remember my principal being like, hey, you need to improve in this area. I'm like, oh, okay. And, like, I took what she said and I tweaked what I did. And then the next time, she had another evaluation, and she's like, all right, there's some improvements. And I took what she said, and I tweaked it, and I told her, I'm like, I feel like I'm failing forward. And that's what I was doing. Like, the more that I failed or messed up or faltered, I took those opportunities to grow. And it's like I became better at my craft. Fast forward two years later, I'm with the Norman Public Schools, and I had my teacher evaluations, and I must say, Perfect scores. I took what I learned, but I gave myself grace because I could have totally gotten like bitter about I can't believe she's saying this. This is totally not fair, and I can't believe like and got discouraged. And that's how you can get it when you're changing habits because sometimes you mess up and sometimes you forget. And it's like I just forgot to read my Bible today. Well, guess what? You should read it the next time you remember. That it doesn't matter if you have these little mess ups. You can fail forward. So take those learning opportunities and run with them. Never underestimate what persistence can do for you. Kind of like the Apostle uh, Peter. He denied Jesus three times. Didn't even want to be associated with him. But yet he took that failure. He didn't get down and discouraged and go hang himself. No, whatever. No, he took it and instead it empowered him to go and be the rock that the church was built on. 
and he preached the message and what over 3,000 people became Christians. And he is known as one of the greatest, most influential people in the Christian faith. That's what failing forward can do for you. All right, so bring us to our fifth step. This is a quick one. Continually rely on God. He has what you need. You know, like those little, like, quote, or little, what are those called again? Parentheses. Just a little reminder. He has what you need. First Chronicles 16.11 says, Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His presence. How often? Continually. The practice of resetting is not a one-time, set-it-and-forget-it thing. It's not like, hey, I'm going to get better in my career and just say, all right, I'm going to put these steps into practice. It's a constant. It's not like your crock pot where you know you throw in everything at the beginning. I love things in the crock pot. You literally throw it all in, plug it in, turn it on, <laughs> six to eight hours, your dinner's ready. You just scoop it out. It can't dinner's ready, okay? I love crock pot dinners, but it is not like a crock pot. It's more like your smoker. I made a roast the other day, and it took all dadgum day long. Oh, my work was so good. I, I always throw my roast, like in the crock pot, and this is amazing. I even made one for David and Lynette. It was that good. So it is more like the smoker, but every every hour for the first three hours, you had to spray it, and then you had to covering and put it in other stuff and just all these steps and turn it up and check this and turn it I'm just crazy it takes a lot of effort I know because life is like that though it turns up the heat and you have to adjust accordingly or things happen it's like whew, okay now I need to be I kind of need to adjust this way or man my life situation changed all right so what do I need to do one of my favorite quotes is flexible people never get bent out of shape if you're not flexible, you gotta learn to be because you will never succeed in life if you're not flexible. Abigail will like make plans. She's learning how to be flexible because like you said you were taking me shopping and it's like, I'm sorry, we had to go do this. Like we had to go and take her on a job. And it's like, girl, you gotta be flexible. And she's learning like, okay, we'll just go with the flow. You have to go with the flow. The continual process of resetting is so vital. It's something that we need to take into consideration. God's strength is accessible at all times. His wisdom is ready and waiting. You just gotta ask for it. He can give you supernatural ability to accomplish whatever you need. He's with you, but you must invite him in. You gotta give him control. His strength is accessible at all times, right? At all times. The, that verse says, seek him continually. It's not a crackpot. It's not a set and forget it. Continually, day in, day out. God help me. God, I need your help. God be with me. God go before me. And if you need a reset in any area of these lives, these are some practical tools that you can take home and say, all right, Lord. How can I get better? How can I improve? How can you help me? I want to make the main thing the main thing. These are what I want my priorities to be in life. This is what I want to go after. This is the direction I want my life. Because we can choose the direction we go. But God is in the business of fresh starts. And if you need a fresh start, it's not too late. Today's the day. Just do it, right? Like we said, 
but it's all about saying, God, I want to make a change. I don't want to resume life as it's been. I don't want this area to keep flooding me up all the time. I want to say, I'm going to put you first, and I'm going to make you the priority, and then everything else kind of flows from that. So let's take a moment and pray, and then we're going to move on with the service here. Lord, we thank you so much for, for you and your goodness and your presence, Lord. We thank you that we can trust you. Thank you, Lord, for being in control of our lives. Lord, we give you control of our lives. So, Lord, whatever uh, aspect of our life needs tweaking, a complete reset, an overhaul, Lord, give us the wisdom to know what that is and how we can reset it. Lord, give us grace. Give us um, opportunities to become better and strengthen. And Lord, let us not get discouraged. Help us, Lord. Let us be people who seek after you and who are successful in life. We're not talking necessarily monetary success, but success that when we look back at our lives, we say, wow, look at what God did and look how you used me in life, Lord. So touch us today, Lord. Help us to put these steps into practice that we would be people who seek after you. Give us a fresh start. We thank you and we praise you. It's in your Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.